0: Hey School Success Makers! Today we're joined by my new friend Joey who works at a really big Christian school right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. They got just over 1,000 students that go to their school and they got some awesome things that they're doing and we dive into all of it today. You're gonna love this one so stay tuned for this next episode of the School Success Podcast. Well hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host Mitchell Slater. I'm joined by a new friend Out of beautiful Georgia, Mr. Joey Moorcraft, who is the Chief Academic and Innovation Officer of Fellowship Christian School, and they are in Roswell, Georgia, and they are booming. They're they're bursting at the seams. They got a ton of kids going. They got great sports programs, so they're doing a lot of things right, obviously, and we're going to dive into a lot of those today, but I don't want to take any thunder away from Mr. Joey, so I'm going to pass it off to him to introduce himself, so Joey, welcome to the podcast, sir.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm glad to have you. And I would love, I always try and do this at the beginning of the podcast. You're in Roswell, Georgia. I know that's fairly close to Atlanta. I'd love to see. What do you like to do for fun? What is there to do for fun there in Georgia where you're at?
1: Kind of anything you want. Georgia is a really cool mix of a really big metropolis in Atlanta. And then a short hour and a half drive north, you can be uh, you can kind of disappear into the woods and go backpacking and hiking. And my personal favorite thing to do with my family is uh, kayaking.
0: Actually. Oh, all right. So I'm assuming lake lakes and rivers then.
1: Mostly rivers. Um, me, we. Uh, I have two boys, and uh, they like. My wife likes a little bit of rapids. They like a little bit more rapids. So, <laughs> uh, we pretty much stick to that. Like you know, class two but it's pretty cool we have we're right here in roswell and there's a we can drive five minutes and hop on the river or we can drive an hour and a half and hop on a different river it's a really great place to live
0: awesome i've had i have a really good friend of mine just moved to georgia from florida where we're at and he was like man i just moved to georgia it's the greatest ever and i was like whoa 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 florida's awesome too what are you talking about he goes no Mitchell, you don't understand he goes i bought 200 acres in the middle of nowhere georgia he goes i built like a little cabin type house he was. I can hunt on my own piece of property. I can go. I think he said an hour, hour and a half, and he's in Atlanta or something. I was just like, "All yeah. right, man." And he is love it. He's like living his best life right now in Georgia. So it's
1: crazy, man. It, you know, I live. We're about uh, thirty or forty minutes in, of Atlanta, and you know, what? Like in my neighborhood, a couple. I was been about a couple years ago now. They made a film in my neighborhood, and then I can drive literally thirty minutes, and you would think wait, there's no one around anywhere, you know, like yeah. Paul Rudd is in my driveway and in my
0: neighborhood. And then 30 minutes away, it's, you know, a deer. <laughs> <laughs> I know George has got some big time films that are filmed there. I think it was not the Hunger Games film there. And yeah. there's another big uh, series. I think a series of movie series or, um, uh tv series i think wasn't there another huge one recently that was filmed yeah
1: i i think stranger things maybe and then a a couple other movies yeah it's crazy how many and they're all over atlanta like uh, where my school is they filmed a significant portion of the netflix series cobra kai you know based on karate kid Mm -hmm. in literally 300 yards from our property line
0: (laughs) god i wonder what the draw is for george i'm assuming good taxes i'm assuming that's a big draw maybe
1: Okay. Although it is hard to keep kids in class when there's a movie filming, you know, right next to your your but, property.
0: I bet. <laughs> I bet. Well, cool. I um I do love Georgia. I've been there well many times because when we ever drive, we always have to drive through Georgia and I know that there's no good time to go through Atlanta. I know it's uh, True. crazy True. traffic all the time. So, but tell me about this school. I know you guys have you guys are big. You guys have great sports programs. So just kind of a little bit of background on the school and how long you've been there.
1: Yeah, so Fellowship Christian School was um, um, at first in 1986. That's when it was established, but it was a mission of Fellowship Bible Church, which is the church that we share the property with currently. Um, and they, uh, really just had a heart for reaching kids for the Lord. And what they did is they started this school kind of in faith. They bought this property and nobody knew it was there for a long time. It was like the best kept secret in Roswell, which right now is like, if you say that to my head of school right now, she'll not be happy with you because she (laughs) hates that. (laughs) But, um, since that kind of really, really humble beginning about, I don't know exactly when, but about 18 or 19 years ago, we separated from the church amicably. We They said, you know what? Y'all are doing fine. We're going to let you do your thing. And so we have a great relationship with the church currently, but we are unaffiliated um, with them. But we uh, they started a high school about 15 or 16 years ago, or actually it was a little bit before that. And we've just been growing literally ever since. I've been here for a while and I've seen every single year growth except for one and it really is a a really interesting place to be like i said roswell is a really fascinating city it's uh, geographically it's really big like we span two different the city itself spans two different counties and so we have a really large reach but also north metro atlanta or atlanta period is a very unique city in that there are incredibly high numbers of private christian schools per capita in Atlanta. I would put it up against just about any other metropolis city in the U.S. because it's just incredibly high number of schools. So competition, if that's what you want to call it, is is kind of fierce in Atlanta. Matter of fact, uh, we have a school literally across the street from us who mm-hmm. pulls from a very similar uh, demographic as we do. So um, it's a cool, really great city to be in. Um, it's a really popular city. People love coming here. They love coming to the neighboring cities of fact, I heard the other day that Johns Creek, which is one of those, the school or one of the cities that we draw kids from is one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. It's a really great place to be. But yeah, fellowship is unique in that amongst all those schools in that we're a covenant Christian school, which is not a very common
0: thing. And, and for the listeners that maybe haven't heard that before, meaning at least one parent or one person. Actually, it just has to be one parent or does at least the student, but the two parents don't have to be Christian? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So it it can be a lot of those uh, for depending on the school. For our school, we require at least one parent be a Christian and a professional Christian and the student doesn't have to be. So we're very solidly a covenant Christian school, but we also realize that we have a lot of kids in our school who do uh, need that mission aspect. And so we program towards that.
0: Okay. Now, I just thought of something I know this is, you know, goes against everything a Christian school stands for. But what what if a parent can a parent technically lie and get you think through this in this application process and be like, yes, we're we're a Christian. Jesus is awesome. You know, type of thing and get through and actually get their kid into school. Or is there like somehow a way to call them out on that?
1: Yeah, so I'll put it in a broader, broader perspective. I mentioned before we got on that that uh, I've worked also in a school that's considered missional or evangel- evangelistic. And the requirement is, hey, you have to follow our rules. Like, the, we have a policy guide, and, and as long as you abide by that, you know, in a mission, missional school, as long as you abide by our policy, you can come. Well, you can lie there and say, sure, we'll abide by your policy. And then you don't just, it's the same with our school. You know, you can say whatever you want just to get in because we do have strong academics. We do have strong arts. We do have strong athletics. So people do want to come here. So yeah, does it happen? Sure. Is that a common theme? I certainly hope not.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I would assume not either. I feel like that'd be a hard thing to try and truly fake or like and yeah and live with I guess that'd be really hard. So yeah. Uh, man. I know you guys, I think you said before we hopped on you guys enrollment wise are over a thousand thousand students, correct?
1: We are, yeah. We uh we're just over a thousand. I I can't remember what it was. It was a thousand and fifteen the other day. So we're man. we're probably we're probably getting closer to a thousand twenty.
0: Man, and you guys Do you guys at that rate then have your own bus system or does this parent drop off only for a thousand kids every morning?
1: So most of our families do drop off. Carpool is a well-oiled machine. And, but we do have some buses that go to local communities. Like I mentioned, there's, uh, I mean, there, some of our families are, you know, they live 34 minutes away. So we'll, we'll send a bus out to a, a central location and they'll come to that location to drop their kids off um and we have i can't remember how many buses three or four at least that we send out to you know a church or something where parents come and drop their kids off of the bus and then we bust the kids in but yeah. but i would say most of the most of our families are
0: dropping their kids off man picture my son's school has like 125 kids and drop off isn't crazy but there's sometimes like oh man there's 10 cars in front of me this is crazy you know so i can't imagine trying to drop off a thousand students at any given time so
1: yeah uh, thankfully we have two different buildings currently and so the we have two separate actually we have three separate carpools running at the same time so it's not as bad but some days some days it's a beast
0: some days it's hard to be a Christian in the carpool lane, maybe because it's like a little crazy. It's a little crazy
1: you have no idea.
0: <laughs> uh, I was, I was told, I told somebody. I actually didn't even tell my wife this yesterday. So I, got, I was driving. This is totally off subject, but I got flipped off yesterday while I was driving. I don't think I've literally in my entire life ever been flipped off. And I was literally, Joey, I was drive just driving, and I was driving. This person came by and and flipped me off, and I was just like, I kind of like looked at him, and I was like what did i do like i'm literally just driving in this lane going like three miles an hour above the speed limit i don't know if i wasn't going fast enough maybe or something and and then she flipped me off again like later she got further up and she reached back her hand and i was just like i kind of wow. just laughed i go i don't it must be a bad day like she must having a bad day i don't know what i did and i just kept on like the whole day it messed me up because i was just like did i do something i had no idea what i did i was like man people you know it's just it was just so interesting to me maybe
1: maybe she just doesn't like bald guys she would have done the same thing to me man
0: bro. Like all guys unite. I, I agree <laughs> with you. I, I do have a, a cross equals love bumper sticker on the back. So maybe, you know, they saw it like mm, cross equals yeah, love. Our that church, could be it. Yeah. Our church does these awesome bumper stickers. So I have that on the back. I don't know. But with your school, obviously I've interviewed schools from all over the country and a lot of Christian ones, all in different sizes. I think you're definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest that I've talked to. And each of them have different challenges with that, you know, and I know some of the ones that have come up across the country. we got those that are struggling with enrollment, whether it's too little or too much. They're like, oh, my gosh, there's too many teacher retention and recruitment, which I'd love to hear. if That's something you guys struggle with. But it's obviously your own challenges. What are some of those ones you guys are up against and how are you as a school combating those?
1: Yeah, so we honestly the problem and it's it's sort of like when you go for a job interview and you say, hey, what are your weaknesses? And you say, oh, we work too hard. Well, okay. it's kind of like a that, but it's also a real problem is that we have so many people who want to come here. We are just literally, you know, getting our principals to interview these families because we interview every single family and interviewing these families, new families, their schedule. I mean, if you were to look at their calendars this spring, it has been absolutely insane. And oh, by the way, they also have to run the school. So it's just this very kind of all of this enrollment happening at one time, which is a great problem to have. And then it's similar to what you said a minute ago is hiring really great people. Thankfully, we have been blessed to be able to have some really incredible educators that God has brought us over the years. And a, a lot of them have stayed. We have people who, who have been here for two years and we have people who have been here for 30 years almost. So it's a it's a really great combination of people who have been here and have this like historical knowledge of the place and this like legacy knowledge and then people who bring fresh new ideas not that those people who have legacy knowledge can't bring fresh new ideas but it's just this great combination of 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 the people who have been here and people who are are new but we need more (laughs) Mm. and just like all schools there is a specialty you know when you're a very specific when you when you teach calculus bc and you teach it really well from a Christian perspective, that's a very small slice of people out there, and uh, and it's just hard sometimes. Uh, thankfully, we have a great person who's teaching calculus DC, but but uh, it's just difficult to find all the people that you need, especially with this really incredible enrollment growth, finding them all at the same time. And all of our other schools, like I, I'm friends with the colleagues from all these other schools who are in similar positions, and they're having the exact same problem that
0: we are. Actually, two questions here. With 1,000 students, how many staff members does that have to take to run a school of 1,000 students?
1: So next year we will be somewhere in the vicinity between faculty and staff of probably 180. Wow. Um, Yeah, pretty close to that, maybe 175. Right now we're at 155, so we're adding several positions going into next year. Maybe not, maybe 175. Um, So, yeah, it it takes quite a few,
0: man. That's a lot. And being this big as well, I know the competition is fierce for teachers right now, especially for you guys. we you have to have Christian teachers that come in. Are you guys able to offer really competitive uh, salary as well as like some benefits to compete with the public school system in the area? Because I I don't know how Georgia is with with those in the public school system.
1: Yeah, that's super hard. So (laughs) unfortunately, we're not funded by taxpayers so 100% of our revenue comes from tuition and charitable giving so we also don't have the highest tuition in our area as a matter of fact we're one of the most cuz one in in one of our our board wants us to be kind of affordable among private schools and in Atlanta, affordable is really expensive. And so it's difficult because the public school system has an incredible, because we have really good public schools in our area, they are able to offer in terms of tuition more than we can. We just, literally, we can't offer what they can offer. What we what we can do, however, is offer a a culture that's wildly different and really, really cool. And we can talk about that in a minute but but then also we are a growth oriented organization and if you are interested in so one of the complaints that because we, we've we've had several uh, public school long-time public school teachers come to our school and they say oh my goodness it's so refreshing that i'm mm-hmm. i'm not bound by paperwork so there is this kind of like oh i get the freedom to actually teach and i'm not saying I'll public school teachers are bound by paperwork, but that's the feedback that we've gotten. And so what's cool about that is we can offer them a, a, a very different culture than at least the ones that, that have come here are have experienced before, but at the same time uh, provide them the opportunity to grow in ways maybe they didn't have the opportunity to before because like I said, our public schools in the area are really good schools. And these teachers who are in these public school systems are really amazing teachers and they're doing really amazing things. And if we can kind of get them to come to our school and say, Hey, look, we may not be able to match hundred percent what you're doing over there, but is it worth the whatever? And some have said yes, and some have said no. So that I think is a, is a, um, that's actually is a, a goal of ours is to to kind of help figure out that balance.
0: And I know I've heard multiple times from people and everybody has their differing opinion on it. Money isn't everything. Obviously people have to have money to survive, of course, we all know that, but feeling loved and appreciated and taken care of by a stat, like that goes so much farther than I know I've heard from other people. They're not getting, they might not get that as well in the public school system. They might also not get it in a private school setting either. I mean, that's of course- Right, right. Too, but they truly, you know, treating those teachers as like, you are awesome. Like, oh my gosh, you're awesome. Like that's going to go a long way. So that's, um, that's awesome. That you guys are doing that. Any other challenges that you wanted to share before we jump onto the next section?
1: You know, I think unique to our school challenges that are unique to our school is balancing all the things. So, you know, we're a, we're a pretty big school with a lot of people in it and making sure that our Our leaders, our faculty, our staff are able to balance not only their work life, you know, their home, because a lot of our teachers are also parents who have kids in our school, um, but also just being able to say, "Hey, look, this is your time to be your dad or your mom. This is this is you know, don't work on the weekend, you know, that sort of thing." Which you tell that a teacher and they kind of roll their eyes, but like, um, but there is that sort of, "Hey, let's as an institution, how can we help you?" have that balance in your life of, yes, I know what I'm doing. Let me do what I'm doing. And then also, Hey, how can we come alongside you and help you grow? How can we, um, what can we provide you to make you even better at your job and be even more fulfilled at your job? I think that's a unique, it's a challenge, maybe an opportunity more than a challenge, but it sometimes it's a challenge.
0: Well, something I just thought of that I haven't asked one of the Christian school guests before is how you guys, handle having substitute teachers because it's obviously not like the public school just goes hey call them up boom they come in but you guys obviously they they have to meet certain standards so if four people call out sick or something how do you guys handle that with substitutes
1: yeah that's been super hard too actually that's a challenge um (laughs) but uh just that having a substitute pool has been difficult uh, just keeping that pool but thankfully we have had um this year in particular we have had a really great success with um you know we we take our substitutes through this through a similar application process it's not it's not the same interview process but it's the same application process so that when they apply they you know they're they they're the type of person that we would hire as a teacher anyway um in terms of their worldview in terms of their uh you know their their uh, thinking about education and that kind of thing. So um, we were blessed with a couple of years ago, uh, just organizationally um, with hiring a, a substitute coordinator. So their full-time job is wow. to make sure we have substitutes or to substitute. And she happens to be a, a former student here. So it's, uh, it's been really great.
0: Awesome. Well, perfect segue into what's going great. So I'd love you give, give you a chance to share as many or as little as you want. Just kind of bragging about your school, but what's going really good.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the biggest markers for me of that we're doing something right is that we have alumni who are bringing their kids here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is a huge success. And what they've said is, hey, you know, I see the same value, the same heart that is in the school than when that, that was there when I was in school. And that's really cool, because then to me, that says we we don't have mission drift, which is really mm-hmm. important. The other thing is we have alumni coming and working for us. Um, We have alum who are on our staff. I mentioned one. We have another who's teaching. And um, it's just really neat to see because the one who's teaching in the middle school, I taught him in English years ago. And it's just cool to see them coming back. I think like other schools, I think we've done a good job in academics. Um, Our arts is really amazing. We try to hire um, well, we have hired professional artists to be teachers. So like pretty much all of our teachers in some way or another have done their craft professionally. And oh, by the way, they're also good teachers. So that's been really powerful. Like our visual and performing arts has been fantastic for years. I mentioned our athletic success. We have a lot of success. I will say the uh, the one team that I didn't mention is, uh, I don't know if you're a soccer guy, but our soccer teams have been historically pretty good. And uh, the uh, World Cup, the U.S. Women's World Cup team that won at the last World Cup, one of their uh, players, Emily Sonnet, is a fellowship alumni. So we can say that, hey, we have a, a, a an alum who played for the U.S. Women's Soccer Team and won the World Cup that year, which is pretty cool.
0: That's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. So, but I think the thing that we're doing better than anything else is focusing on growth. You know, as a Christian school, we, we, as as christians as a group of christians we believe that that we're never we've never arrived we're always needing to better ourselves if you want to get like all you know christiany the sanctification is the word but like the idea that we have arrived is not something that any of us should say throughout our lives and so we're always trying to be better as christians so we we believe the same thing is true professionally So we have focused this year and really over the last couple of years, but really this year we focused on what does that look like as an organization to actively pursue growth and provide active opportunities for our faculty and staff to pursue growth in ways that we haven't before. So what that means is we have this, and it would take too long to, to explain, but we have this entire framework of growth where you, everyone on our staff is required, quote unquote, to grow. But what we've done is we've separated growth from evaluation. So in the traditional model of evaluation, you have teachers are observed by the administrator a couple of times a year, and then you're given a contract based on that 90 minutes, which if you think about it and- you're basing your entire career on 90 minutes of observation that does a couple of things number one it makes sure you don't take any risks whatsoever and number two it's probably going to be inaccurate because so heavily depends on the mood the administrator was in that day or what just happened as he walked in right like if he was in your car when you got flipped off and then you came to your observation it's like i'm not even paying attention because i can't figure out what's going on but but we've separated that so growth and evaluation are different we've created a binary kind of list of things like this is what you have to do for evaluation purposes growth purposes those over here are not quantitative we don't like oh did you, how much did you grow this year because that's what your contracts me yeah. it's not that it's that they're authentically engaged in growing and we have a couple of different ways to benchmark that but that to me has been has really had a had a significant impact on our school and on our culture and I'm really excited to see in the future in the next year or two the impact that that has on students because when when we're growing when I was in graduate school and postgraduate school, like I was a better teacher at that time because I was being forced to grow at some level. And I feel like if we can kind of create that organically at fellowship, that that is going to pay off dividends for our students. We just, we're not quite there yet. But, anyway, so I think that's one of the things right now that I'm really excited about seeing, Uh, you know, part of that though, is that I'm, I'm an, the innovation guy, quote unquote, which is a, it's a, it's a very heavy burden to carry sometimes like, oh, you're the innovation guy. You give me a good idea. But it it really is just about helping create positive change where positive change could, could happen. Um, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're taking something bad and making it good. It could be that you're making something great better. Um, and that's, I think to me, a really, really exciting place to be. You know, I say this sometimes that we have the distinct pleasure of not being the church. And the reason I say that as a, as a Christian school, and the reason I say it that way is that, you know, the church is something that was designed by God. And it was something that he says, you know, this is my church. I've developed this church, this This group of people, they're my people. And this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to be in community with each other and all that. As a Christian school, and I've talked to other schools who've had the same, some of the same Experience is that a lot of families have, because of the busyness of their lives, or because of COVID, and they just stopped going. Is that well? Well, my kids are to Christian school; they don't need to go to church. Mm-hmm. And there's a distinct difference between what we're trying to accomplish at school and what a church is trying to accomplish at church. And so we have the pleasure of not having to be that church, even though we we encourage and even to an extent require our families to be uh, members or at least actively participating in some sort of church body. It's a challenge, but it's also a benefit that we get to do Bible class the way that we want to do Bible class. And we can engage kids the way that educators should be engaging kids. And it, you know, we don't just have to preach at them. We don't just have to, and I'm, I'm not trying to reduce church to just preaching, but because that's important. But what I mean is we get these other opportunities on a daily basis to impact kids in the way that our mission allows us to. And that is a a really cool thing that we get to do. And it's also a heavy burden, but it's like you said, because the gospel is always true. uh, As long as we're not tampering with truth, we can really do some cool stuff to get kids excited about it. Working on our Bible curriculum right now. And for one of our Bible classes, we were trying to come up with, okay, what's the end game? what's the like, what's the thing that we would want to know this kid to walk out of class knowing the answer to? And the question was, what would you die for? Mm. And that we we don't prescribe the answer, but like we want them to arrive at this place where they know what they would die for. And so if that's the question that we want them to be able to answer at the end, we have to plan, go back and plan the year to get them to that place, not to feed them that answer. Because I think that's been a problem with christendom up to this point but to get them to like chug through and figure out okay what what would i actually die for and it may not be the answer that we want but at least it's the answer that they know is true so that then they can help decide okay what's the next step if this is true if i would die for my phone then is that the most important thing that i would die for you know Um, And then you can have an honest conversation. You can't have an honest conversation with somebody who thinks they believe something that they actually don't believe. Mm. But then the framework is um, that you're talking about of accountability. We actually call them growth plan coaches. And we actually have that built into our framework that every teacher uh, meets with their growth plan coach to to help keep them accountable for these growth goals that they're accomplishing every year. And then at the end of the year, which we just did this last week and it was really cool. At the end of the year, we do a... um, A growth showcase where teachers, staff, everybody, one hundred percent, our head of school is involved in this. I was involved in this. They, you bring an artifact that shows that's somehow explains what, like, a part of what you did or part of your growth or whatever, and you tell you have a couple of minutes to tell somebody this is how I grew, and then they tell you this is how I grew, so that it becomes this like mutual relationship building. Because also, you know, what what's foundational to one of our core values is relationships. So like that's that kind of like in everything we do. You know, we if you ask faculty, staff, parents, students if if they had to the most common word that is associated with our culture at fellowship is family. And, you know, sometimes we put the fun and dysfunctional, just like all families, but like and we're not we're all broken people, but um, but it is really a close knit family and and um and that's it's it's pretty amazing but it's kind of exactly what you're talking about where and and we tried it this past year and kind of stumbled through it and we're like oh that didn't work and our faculty was like yeah that didn't work uh (laughs) so so we made some adjustments and we're going to do something different next year but still that same concept of how can we help you reach the goals that you want to reach and uh, without being judgy or evaluative or condescending but just is helping you grow.
0: Man, this is this is great content because I'm hoping school leaders are listening, going, I never thought about doing that with my staff. Like this school is doing something like that. And I let's try and implement it. And it ain't gonna be like you said, eh, it didn't work great, but we're gonna make the adjustments, yeah. and that's the best thing you can do. You're not like, Well, it didn't work. Next, we're gonna try something else. It's like yeah. It. So that's and I think you are gonna see I I think the fruits of all that in the years to come as it's like building off of each other, and then maybe the, the they start teaching it to the kids. I don't know. And they're like, Hey, you should try and do this. Come up with the three things you want to accomplish this week. Maybe it's, you didn't cry this week at school. Maybe that's one of the things that, Hey, we're going to work towards that. So.
1: Well, um, and I'm a huge proponent of human centered problem solving and human centered design. I'm not sure if you're familiar with design thinking, but it's a design process that came out of Stanford and uh, IDEO, the company IDEO. That's the, like the foundation of how they create design. But anyway, that applying the, the ideas of iterative rapid prototyping in, in design fields to education, to the educational model has been really cool. There's a school in our area who has been like off the charts done that. We haven't gone that far, but we do take that approach of, you know, when we did uh this this growth framework 1.0, it was growth framework 1, uh, 1.0. We were like, hey guys, we know this is going to be messy we're fine with the mess, let's do it. So we did it, we did it again. We're gonna do it again and we're gonna iterate from there. So that, you know, just like if you go back to, I, well, okay, I'll go back to something I said before. I said, I wanna, I'm want to. i excited to see how the growth has affected our students mm-hmm. in the future. I, I actually, I, I, I've seen it and I've seen it in my third grader because his name is Miles and he came home this year and we were doing something and i can't remember it was just my family and he looked over at me and he goes dad that's not a growth mindset and that right there to me was like oh my goodness this is so good that something is happening well it's way harder for adults to do that as a kid you know you when he's in third grade he's been told you need to have a growth mindset you need to have a growth mindset well as adults we've been told growth mindset is scary not overtly, but you know, we fix everything, we fix grades. It's like, no, 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 this is the grade you get. This is the grade you always get. This is the Mm. smart kid, this is the not smart kid. And those are all these fixed categories that are really, really hard to shake loose because the way we do school is so ingrained in, in our brains. And if you guys are, if your audience is brave and they wanna read something that is really gonna like make them very uncomfortable, Read the book "Weapons of Mass Instruction." It's very much about public schools. Uh, it's about the New York, uh, a couple of schools in the New York public school system. But um, anyway, I, that's all I'm going to say about it. It's interesting. And then right after that, read Carol Dweck's "Mindset." Okay, it'll be a it'll be a heck of a year if you do that.
0: Okay, thank you. No, this is perfect. This is great content. That again, my whole goal every podcast, people take at least one thing. So maybe they're like, I'm going to read that one book. I'm going to take that from this podcast episode. Yeah. Read that one, but. And I don't know if it's in there or not, but I'll, I'll put a plug in there for Blinkist. Have you ever heard of Blinkist before? No. It's like my best friend. It's like 60 bucks a year membership. And it. so anybody listening, if you can check out Blink, like B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com. And uh, it's an app you can download on your phone. And it has books, thousands of books that they have pre-read and condensed down to 10 to 15 minute episodes. I that did hear about book. that. Yeah. And for me, just, that's huge because I know there's value in a book of 400 pages and all that stuff. I get it. But, man, I am I have a hard time reading with comprehension. I've always struggled with that to, like, read. I'll read. I remember doing my devotionals as a kid. I'd read the book, read it, and then I'd be like, oh, shoot. And I have to read the whole page over again because I just kind of, like, my zoned off. But I can listen really good. So they do these huge, long books, and it'll be 15 minutes. And I'm like, I feel like that's a really good book. And maybe It's like audio cliff notes. It exactly and I, yeah. I love it. so i'm gonna look if they're in if if it's in there you should
1: yeah i uh I, I taught english for 20 years and and stayed in school for way too long i got a phd in literary studies so i can't not read
0: books that's like my <laughs> i can't yeah, be an english person i i get it uh i'm gonna look it up right now while we're what while we, there's one of here weapons of math destruction that's not it but, <laughs> um no i think I
1: it's mean. john Gatto or Gatto, i can't think of this author the author's
0: okay, name okay oh, is it doing it live let's see if there's anything uh nope i don't think that one's in here but you guys are gonna have to read that one but that's okay but i love yeah i love Blinkus for for that and i want to ask you two final questions one around i know you guys you said you get all your money from tuition do you guys do anything in the terms of fundraising and if so which ones are like, man, this is a great fundraiser for us. It works really well. So, if there's any schools listening that need a fundraiser to do this year, they can use one of yours.
1: Yeah. So, we, so 100% of our operating budget is funded by our tuition, which is amazing. That is a huge blessing. In terms of fundraising, we actually do very few kind of traditional fundraisers like selling wallpaper or, you know, yeah. when I was a kid, the entertainer, I don't know if you ever did that, but it was just like this little book of coupons that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you forgot and left in a drawer and never used. Yep. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, we do, we do very few of those. Uh, yeah. We do an, we do an annual fund every year and, and we do it in 10 days. We start it and finish it because what we found is our parents, it's it's when you pay a tuition, you know, unlike public school where you don't have to pay tuition outright, you know, it just comes off your taxes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you have to pay tuition and then you're asked again and then you're asked again and then you're asked again and then you're, there's this there's this uh, generosity fatigue that happens, mm-hmm. and so we try to say, hey, look, this is what we need. Here's why we need it, one and done. Um, and there's always little things that pop up now and again, but um, but we try to be really thoughtful about that aspect of our parent and faculty staff population that we say you know hey we're just going to do this thing and we're going to knock it out in 10 days and if if you're a private christian school and you do an annual fund you that that is a powerful way to do it if you can get it done um we have seen so much good and and the just the generosity of people just kind of like is amazing
0: every yeah I like that better too. Cause I feel like as a parent, I'd be like more apt to donate more and be a part of it. If it's a, no, it's just one time and they're like, Hey, we're going to build a new playground. Yep. Or we're going to build a, we're going to buy a bus or something. Be like, here you go. Like, that's cool. And then, yeah, yeah I, I agree.
1: Yep. That's exactly it.
0: Well, as we kind of wrap it up and close it out, I always like to ask the guests, you know, give you a chance to share a piece of wisdom or advice that you would share with any of the school leaders that are listening.
1: Yeah, I think, um, This is something that I've been thinking about recently uh, for a couple of different reasons, but um, listen to your people. Uh, What I found is, uh, you know, it's just like students when um, there's a there's a a researcher out of Notre Dame that I love. His name is Christian Smith. And he said years ago, I got to hear him speak and he, he was in a room full of educational leaders. And it was hilarious because he looked at all this, all of us. And he goes, you know, the problem with you educators is that you forget the most important thing about education, and that is that you have far more in common with your students than you don't. Hmm. And if if we approach teaching and leading in that way in education, and we say, okay, I, my kids are capable and able to do far more than I'm giving them credit for in the classroom on a project or whatever, the same is true of our, of our employees. You look at those employees and say, man, these guys, they're in and especially christian education because like we were talking about at the beginning there are some sacrifices to be in christian education i mean there's sacrifices in public education too but but there are these people are here for really noble reasons a lot of times i mean being in education is a really noble um, a really noble avenue to to reach people but in general but that but, but if you listen to your people they're they're going to shock you at how much wisdom and strength and change and innovation and good ideas and culture like building things that um, it's just it's just astounding and i'll give you an example there's this one teacher who this year actually for the last two years has been this like constant like fountain of positivity Mm -hmm. in what could be very Negative, like nationally, culturally, educationally, with COVID and all the craziness that's happened in education because of that, she has been this font of positivity that has that has almost single handedly kind of buoyed our culture in a sense uh, in one of our divisions. And uh, she's an art teacher, and she's amazing. But that is what I mean. Like people will surprise you, so listen to your people. I think that's the, especially young people, actually. Ooh. especially young people. But anyway.
0: I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, I think it's a great note to end on. So obviously, Joey, thank you so much for giving up your time to hop on the podcast. I know it's summer vacation, but you work through the summer. So I hope you enjoy that and uh, continue to kick butt and just uh, keep doing what you guys are doing because you're doing awesome with what you guys are Thanks, doing. Thanks, so- um, thank you for pouring into that next generation. And um huge fan of you guys, and I'm about 12 hours south of you guys or whatever it is. But <laughs> That's uh, awesome. so keep it up.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Joey for taking time and being on the podcast today. They are doing some amazing things at their school there in Georgia and I'm wishing them nothing but the best as they continue to grow and educate that next generation and I'm wishing them really good success in the upcoming sports. Uh, Season, I guess, because they said they're really good in football and lacrosse and some other sports. So, guys, wishing you nothing but the best as you continue to kick butt and dominate there in Georgia. And, guest, as always, I'm hoping you guys can take at least one thing from today's episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Joey shared some really good insight the way that. They have the accountability with the teachers. Maybe that's something you can take back to your school. I shared some of those books to read. I'm hoping you guys can take one of those and be like, you know what? I'm going to focus on that one. I'm going to get really good at that or I'm going to learn about that and see if it's something I can pitch to my school or bring back to my school. That's my goal. I want you guys to continue to grow and get better at what you do every single day. You guys are amazing, so please keep up what you're doing. You guys are awesome, all right? And if you're needing help, you know, getting into the new school year, if you're needing help... I would love to hear from you if you need help growing enrollment, connecting better with your families, ranking your school better online, any of that kind of stuff. Reach out to us. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe there's something that you're looking to have help with that maybe we don't offer, but maybe it's something we might offer in the future. I want you to find us online, schoolsuccessmakers.com. That's schoolsuccessmakers.com. Or if you're into Facebook, please join our private Facebook community. It's called School Success Makers. I'm personally in there as well as a lot of our guests. I'd love you to join in there. You can ask any questions. Or send me a private message in the Facebook group as well. I'd be happy to answer anything and help you in any way that I can. So please join the group, School Success Makers, right on Facebook, just for school leaders like you. We'll be here next week with another awesome guest as usual on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.